0: I'm Heidi Harris. This is The Heidi Harris Show Podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts, podcast app or Uh, iTunes or whatever. You can also find them at HeidiHarris.com. I've been posting more segments from my live show that I do five days a week, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on KMZQ in Las Vegas. This last week, I had Randy Sutton on. He's a lieutenant, former lieutenant with the Metro Police here in Vegas. 34 years law enforcement experience, teaches on community policing and policing with honor. He's an author. Uh, He's a podcaster. He does all kinds of great things. And I wanted to get his thoughts on a recent in-custody death in Las Vegas, which apparently uh, was caused by drug use on, in the man, but there were some things that were said on the body cam tapes. You know, they were making some comments that were kind of snarky about the guy. That was an issue. But also, there's a huge crime wave on the Strip lately. So I wanted to get Lieutenant Sutton's comments on that, and I thought you'd want to hear it in case you missed the live show. And the next time you miss my live show, bring a note. Okay, here's my conversation with Lieutenant Randy Sutton.
1: You wake up. She opens your eyes. The Heidi Harris Show on AM 670 KMZQ.
0: Good morning. How you doing? Glad you're here. Lieutenant Randy Sutton's here. It's been a while since I've seen him. Last time I saw him, I gave him coronavirus, and we weren't even getting intimate or anything. Lieutenant Randy, how are you, my friend?
1: Well, whose fault was that? <laughs>
0: So how are you doing, my friend? So I called you right after my diagnosis because you'd been in studio with me that day. And uh, how you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing great, doing great. That uh, COVID was uh, much ado about nothing for me. Didn't have uh, hardly any symptoms at all and just kind of went away.
0: Well, it must be nice. I was suffering terribly, but I'm glad you're okay. I was so worried about it. I was so Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And then you went and got tested. How quickly did you get your test back?
1: Um, the place I went, uh, I had it back.
0: In, in an hour. Oh wow! Well, there you go. You must you must get that uh, President Trump treatment then, huh? Well, you know, you know,
1: you know how it
0: is. Yeah, you know, how it is. when you're when you're when you're when you're cool like you are, that's what happens. Well, uh, just briefly, I want to talk to you about some other things. But there was an in custody death. More information has come out now about it, and uh, you know, it's frustrating when apparently there was nothing. They didn't do anything wrong as far as the way his, his death wasn't caused by the officers, according to what they said. Um, but. You know when they're saying when they're making snarty little comments, that's that's the thing that's a bummer, right? When that's caught on tape.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it, it looks it, it looks ugly. You know, here's 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 the the kind of the reality of this, this kind of situation, though. When when you're in a, a situation where there's a, a like a, a fight, there's a you know a high, there's a, a, a we we call it a critical incident. Um, your adrenaline is is dumping. There's a lot of uh, physical uh, manifestations that take place, and it's, it's much like a um, you know think of a, of, a, of a football team if you will, you know after they make a play, there's that burst of, of, of energy that they get out, and sometimes that manifests itself in a in a you know, like a high five or something like that where you have you know you have survived an incident, and, and so it's not. sometimes it's not even you don't even know you're doing it i mean i i have many memories of, of survival times that i had and uh and and actually said you know some stuff that i'm glad never was caught on tape because it would have been It would have been deemed as inappropriate.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that's true. We're speaking with Lieutenant Randy Sutton, 34 years, law enforcement. Now he does a podcast. We'll get to all that coming up. What do you think, Randy, about this craziness on the strip? I mean, for heaven's sake, every weekend there's another shooting. There's another incident. I don't want to lay this at the feet of Metro. I mean, these individual casinos have to do something besides bring in the dregs from Riverside, right? I mean, how do you see it?
1: You know, there is a direct correlation between the people that uh, are being – are are being brought into town, if you will, because of, of lower prices and uh, and you know uh, value based rooms and things like that. I mean, you're seeing a you're seeing a major difference. I was on the strip the other day, and uh, and it was surprising. It was surprising. It was it was there was roaming groups of people that uh, uh, that I, I mean I, I was glad I was armed, quite honestly, and. Um, not something that you that you know that that we see on a on a real consistent basis here. And so there's no doubt that I mean the common sense tells you that when you attract um, when you attract people that are are less and, and I, you know it sounds it sounds kind of ugly, but when people are coming into town based on you know because it's because it's really cheap to come here, you're seeing you're seeing the difference in the clientele and that difference is also brings with it crime and, and we've seen it. It's I mean the strip is not is not what, what we what we were used to even a year ago.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. We're speaking with Lieutenant Randy Sutton. So I'm just wondering. I mean, I mean, obviously, all these hotels have amazing security staff, and we want to give them credit because uh, Metro can't be everywhere. And these guys and girls and these security staff, and you know, whether they're in uniform or not, do an incredible job every single day to to control this thing, kind of thing. But I mean, I don't, I don't know what else they can do besides raise the room rates. Because you're right, I don't stay in $500 night rooms. I'm not, I'm not putting anybody down by their income, but it's the behavior. And when you've got people you know, walking around, eat, you know, eating ice cream and clothes that are half fallen off, and they look like they just came from the Jerry Springer set, and they're walking around the Venetian, which is what I saw the last time I was at the Strip. I, they weren't shopping in the stores. They're not spending the money. They don't have the money, and they're coming here for cheap rooms, and it's just, I don't know what Metro can do beyond what they're doing.
1: Well, the only thing a Metro can do is, is do strict enforcement. And um, But, you know, I want to get back to something you, you brought up, and that is when I when I first Came out and joined Las Vegas Metro PD. There was very close working relationship with the, with the casino security, uh, and you're right. You're absolutely right. If it were not for these casinos having a a, uh, a a huge security presence, this town would be bedlam. This Metro's alone simply could not handle it. Right. They the, the security departments handle much of what they uh, of what they deal with in, internally so that they don't, you know, they're not using the resources of the city. They do it internally, and that's really critical, um, and that they be given that, that uh, you know, ability to do, and I don't think that has ever been taken away from them. So they really do handle a lot of stuff that never gets to Metro, but when you're dealing with, with uh, uh, criminal activity, uh, you know, where where people's lives are in danger, and you're dealing with, has to respond, and um, and they have a they have a huge presence. I was I was on the strip, like I said the other day, and I saw a, a, a really pretty strong police presence on on the strip, and that that's there for deterrence as well as for enforcement. But you know, it, you do have to have strict enforcement. That's just the the, the way things work here. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna handle the crime issue, and that means proactive police work, and this is. This is really critical, Heidi. Proactive police work is the difference between reactive and proactive. Reactive is answering your 911 calls, responding to uh, requests for police based on uh, you know uh, um, you know calls from security that you know they have somebody in custody, that kind of thing. That's reactive. That's not where crime is solved. That's not where um, where crime is deterred. Crime is deterred from proactive policing. And that means, okay, you know, I I'm, I'm, I see somebody uh, uh, crossing against the light. I see uh, a, a traffic violation. I see something that brings the uh, brings attention because it looks like suspicious activity. It could be a drug deal. That's that's the kind of policing that we want. However, in this day, in age, in what is happening across the country with law enforcement. We are seeing a massive decline in proactive policing because that is where uh, things can go bad. Where any any time a law enforcement officer has any contact with with a, a citizen or a suspect, there is the possibility of it going bad, and then you become the next police statistic.
0: Hmm. That's absolutely true. We're speaking with Lieutenant Randy Sutton, 34 years, law enforcement. He does a podcast and all that. I'll get to that coming up. That's a really important point that the proactive policing has been hurt by the fact that uh, these folks don't want to get involved in it because they don't want to wind up uh, having to deal with, uh, you know, internal affairs and all those other things and have it wind up on YouTube and everything else. Uh, The South Point, uh, we don't know a lot about what happened there, but apparently some of the one, one or more of the security guys killed a guy who was firing a gun in the parking lot or something trying to get back in. Thank God for them, right, from what we know at this point.
1: Point. Oh, absolutely, um, and you know, this is another point that uh, I think is important. <clears throat> Southway Security uh, is armed. Um, during you know, during the the, the last decade or so, um, the casinos have gone away from having uh, a, an outright armed presence. It's like you know, oh my goodness, if if somebody sees a gun, they're going to be upset, and when you disarm the security people, then you put them at risk, and you put the people who are coming to visit at risk. Um, I mean, when did you ever see a casino cage getting robbed? Well, it didn't happen when when security was armed, right? Uh, and and you know we've seen we've seen a number of those. So I am personally, uh, I, I think that need to
0: reevaluate
1: now that they um, many have gone to um especially after the october 1st uh, incident the uh, tragedy of of the uh of of the the multiple deaths that we experienced here um, a lot of the casino properties went to a um an aspect that they probably never thought they would they would do and that was they would they hired Specialists, uh, former SWAT operators, and uh, people who had experience in those type of operations to become a part of their security um, contingent, and that's something that uh, that we never had seen before. But that's happening now. So that's you know they're 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 these are big corporations and they they have they have a lot of responsibility. Uh, they've you know lost an uncountable amount of money because of our economy, and, um, you know, what, what happens? Well, you see, you see a, you know, um, a diminishment of all kinds of services, including security.
0: We're speaking with Randy Sutton, 34-year law enforcement veteran. He's an author. He's a podcaster. He speaks all over the world on Policing with Honor. Lieutenant Sutton, what are you seeing among police officers in America when it comes to their morale? I know you talk to people all the time. Tell me about it.
1: Well, I don't think it's ever been lower. In my in my entire career, which has now spanned, you know, uh, you know I, I was active service for thirty four years, and I've been, you know, heavily involved since my retirement ten years ago. So, if you combine all that, we're talking damn close to you know forty four years. Um,
0: You're getting and, old. You're getting old, uh, my friend.
1: <laughs> you don't have to remind me. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never seen anything. Uh, remotely like this we've had ups and downs as a, as a as a profession you know there's been times when there's been um morale issues every every different police department has its own you know different kind of uh environment and but if you look at, at a whole at the law enforcement profession now you have a bunker mentality these men and women you know what happens in Portland affects officers in New Mexico and Las Vegas and everywhere else. You know, what happens in New York? What happens in in Minnesota? Because as a career, there's only keep in mind there's only about eight hundred thousand sworn law enforcement officers in the United States. At least three hundred forty million people. Wow, that's not, that's not a lot of people.
0: No, it's not.
1: And and it, the reality is, that we are seeing the system being destroyed from within by Trojan forces. Uh, we're seeing um, political activism on a level that we've never seen. When I say political activism, I'm not talking about, you know, people that, that, that march down the street and, and, and chant ch- slogans. I'm talking about a rot from within. Um, we've seen a incredible amount of district attorneys being elected and prosecutors being elected um with a lot of money behind them by people like George Soros who are bent on destruction of the criminal justice system from within let me point out a couple um Chester Boudin in um, in San Francisco was elected on an anti law enforcement platform and has 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 really come through on that platform because he simply refuses to prosecute for a myriad of crimes. A myriad of crimes, including um, he won't prosecute gun crimes if they come as a result of a traffic stop. Now, Jeez. I mean, it, it's 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 absurd. You have you have the entire system in New York um, that was foisted upon the public by the governor Cuomo and the mayor De Blasio which has basically eliminated the bail system so that literally people commit crimes and there's no there's no consequences whatsoever. So we see, you know, a, a huge, um, across the country we're seeing this huge increase in violent crime, in murders, in armed robberies, in sexual assault, in aggravated assault. I mean, it's through the roof. I mean, you're seeing double, you're seeing 100%, 157% increases in violent crime in cities across the nation. Why? Because the system has now become perverted, and law enforcement is frustrated because they are now being painted as the bad guy. They are now, there's, there are, uh, this This is happening right now as we speak, The uh, in Indianapolis, which is a big city. The city council has just voted to take the power away from the chief of police to investigate the, uh, the, his, his, you know, internal affairs complaints. Instead, they're putting ex felons onto a board to investigate the police.
0: Unbelievable.
1: It's, a, it's unbelievable. It really is. So, you know, so would now, do you think a police officer in Indianapolis is going to go out of his way to do any proactive policing whatsoever? Right. Of course not. And so, cops around the country, including Las Vegas, believe me, let me tell you something. The mood here in Las Vegas amongst cops is not good. Is not good at all. They don't believe that they're getting backed by their department. So I can tell you this: this is a national issue, and it, but it has it has local um, it has local consequences.
0: Unbelievable! It's heartbreaking. Talk to me about your podcast. I've been doing this for a while. You do a great job, by the way. So talk to me and tell everybody where they can find it.
1: Um, I have uh, several, actually. Um, I have Blue Lives Radio, The Voice of American Law Enforcement, and that's on AmericaOutloud.com, on iTunes, Skitcher, and all those platforms. And I also have uh, a, a video podcast called The Voice of American Law Enforcement, and that's on uh, Laura Ingram's website, com, LifeZet. And, and there's a, we're going to be making an announcement here very soon, in the next several weeks probably, that uh, there is a very exciting new network that uh, uh, I am one of the founders of that is going to be really dynamic when it comes to reporting on law enforcement. We're going to be launching this very, very soon. Oh, very, very cool. Exciting.
0: Well, I cannot wait to hear about it, and we'll definitely talk about it when, uh, when you tell me all the details.
1: If your listeners want to support the men and women of law enforcement, my website is, Thewoundedblue.org. wounded, okay. the wounded is a 501 C3. We help injured and disabled law enforcement officers.
0: Randy Sutton, thank you for what you do. And I know you're always sticking up for law enforcement and we do appreciate the men and women in blue. We know 99% of them are fantastic and they're doing the best they can to, you know, protect us from the bad guys. If people only knew. Honestly, if people really only knew what goes on at night that the police officers protect us from every single day. Anyway, that's my conversation with Randy Sutton former lieutenant. All the information about the websites he mentioned will be in the description here on the podcast. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget my live radio show, five days a week, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on AM670KMZQ. If you forget all that, go to HeidiHarris.com. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. (laughs)